Welcome to episode 105 of the Clarity Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly. I've been waiting for this episode for a long time. This week, we're going to do the leadership episode. Clarity can only really exist in the light of truth. Branding just isn't a tactic. It's a lifestyle change. Okay, Moment of clarity this week is um, if you do what you always done, you get what you always got. Said it before, I'll say it again. You can listen to this podcast and read all the content you want, read all the articles you want. But if you don't really change anything and do anything differently, guess what? You're going to have the same exact outcome. So if you look at all the areas of your life where you're dissatisfied, where you're unhappy, where you feel like you're not getting results, guess what? I'm pretty certain that you're doing a lot of the same things that got you in that place in the first place in the first place. So moment of clarity. If you keep doing what you've always done, don't be surprised because you're going to keep getting what you've always got. That's the moment of clarity for today. I'm so excited for what he's going to show me. Hurry up and show me Paul's pick. Look, I don't think this is going to be a big surprise to any of you. My pick for this week is the movie Saving Private Ryan. I'm going to refer to it throughout this podcast on leadership. I think it is just a great example of real life leadership. Uh, Really amazing to watch. So if you haven't ever seen it, please do yourself a favor. Go watch Saving Private Ryan. And if you've already seen it, you're going to want to watch it again after this show. If you can't tell, I'm excited about the leadership episode. I mean, there's been more written about leadership. I mean, I I haven't done the research to benchmark like in comparison to other things, but it really is pretty exhaustive. Um, Actually, I think it's inexhaustible. So even though there's been a lot done, I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of the topic of leadership because it is an ever-evolving, ever-changing, fluid, dynamic concept. No two people lead the same way. No two people are led the same way, which makes it incredibly difficult to master. It's tough, right? Of course, that's why we talk about it. That's why we read about it. That's why we learn about it. And I'm speaking today to the people who desire to be better leaders. It's been my experience in business uh, throughout a lot of industries, the car business, retail, uh, B2B, politics. A lot of people are just striving and desiring to be better leaders. So this is an episode for those people. So let's start with the definition of leadership. I I just, you know, obviously had to look it up. The action of leading a group of people or an organization. So um, I really want to talk about four sections today. I kind of broke down uh, my thoughts on leadership, again, not exhaustive, but into four sections that I think we can think about and apply in a relatively short period of time. And I think you'll be able to implement portions of these in your everyday life. So they all start with a great leader, like a great leader does this. Okay, first one, a great leader defines and aligns. A great leader defines and aligns. We're going to go back to these two. Number two, a great leader listens. Number three, a great leader serves. And finally, a great leader is a source of courage. So let's go to the first one. A great leader defines and aligns. I think this is so monumentally fundamental to any great leader. A leader's job is to move people, a group of people, in a singular direction. 
And I think people moving in a singular aligned direction will never, ever, 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 ever happen organically. Groups of people migrate towards chaos, towards selfishness, toward um, self-interest, because the survival mechanism, ego, all of these things. So a group of people never organically begin to do the same thing. What do you need? You need a leader. And the leader, to start, has to define why that group of people should move in that direction. And it's their job to continually cast and cultivate the why of that behavior. That's where we come into, you know, in corporate America or organizations, we talk about vision statements, mission statements, values. Simon Sinek's famous YouTube, Start With Why. It's because if you don't start with that, then the people won't understand why they're going in the direction and naturally won't align around it. I'm going to use uh, the movie Saving Private Ryan as an example several times throughout this podcast. Now, Tom Hanks is the leader of this unit, and in typical Tom Hanks fashion, he's a pretty um, selfless, calm, collected, rational leader. And there is one part of the movie that I always liked. It always stays with me. So they're going across the countryside to find this Private Ryan. They spot a machine gun on top of the hill. And um, Tom Hanks, uh, what is his name? Oh, yeah, Captain John H. Miller. So Captain Miller, they spot the gun. He says, we have to attack that weapon. Now, they have to attack this weapon from an open field. So they're very vulnerable, um, high risk of casualties. And one of his men said, we, we're not, why should we attack that and risk our lives? Like, they don't see us, we can sneak by. That's not our mission. And Tom Hanks says, in very Tom Hanks voices, our mission is to win the war. I don't know if that was a good Tom Hanks or not, but that's what he said. Our mission is to win the war against the Germans, against communism, for freedom. He kept the why at the center. And I think a good leader always is ready to keep the why front and center, ready to fire at any given moment. But I think understanding why you do what you do and being able to fire off in a very clear burst why it is important what you're doing as a group together. So let me give you an example. So my agency, Congruent, call ourselves a connection agency. We're really, you know, creative brand strategy, marketing, um, fully integrated agency. So we do marketing. We make uh, videos. We produce things. We uh, hone in messaging and consult on strategy and demographics, all this stuff. But our core belief is that people actually just want to be connected, which is why we call ourselves a connection agency. Our belief, our why, is because that business is more meaningful when people connect on a human level. So in the midst of all the runaround of an agency, all the hustle and bustle, why are we doing, why are we wrestling through these problems? Why are we taking the path that's a little bit harder, but it's a little bit deeper as well? It's not shallow and cheap. Well, it's because we want things to be more meaningful. Business should be more meaningful to the company we're working for. It should be meaningful to one another and how we treat one another, how we cheer one another on, just more meaningful when we're connected on a human level. So that is the why that drives a lot of what we do. Um, you know, Apple's why famously think different. Why do we make products like this? Why do we make them easy to use? Why do we spend so much time laboring over these little design elements? Well, because we think differently. And people that think differently believe that it should be easy to use and simple and clean and beautiful all at the same time. You know, 
the why doesn't have to be like, you know, kill the communists or fight the communists or defeat the communists. But the why has to be meaningful. And a good leader defines and aligns. We've talked about the three levels of unity before. Unity is what happens when you define and align. You become unified. And so the three levels are acceptance, agreement, finally, alignment. Acceptance is when, you know, someone on the team says, okay, yes, I accept that we're going to do that because you're the boss you told me to. Okay, that's kind of compliance, obedience. The next level agreement is not only do I accept it, but I also agree that it's the right way we should go. Okay, we're moving closer. Finally is alignment. Not only do I accept it, not only do I agree with it, but I also see it as my responsibility to make it so. A good leader defines and aligns people behind the things that are important because he's constantly, constantly beating the drum of why we're doing it. He's ready, he's locked and loaded at any time to keep it at the center. A good leader defines and aligns. Whatever you're leading, whoever you're leading, do you spend your time defining and aligning or do you spend your time yelling and mandating and driving instead of leading people forward? Moving on, number two, a great leader listens. I think it's maybe implied, but I'm going to maybe state the obvious that if you are going to be a leader that listens first before that can happen, people have to be willing to talk to you. And I think that that is really predicated on being approachable and people knowing that you want to listen. Maybe that's stating the obvious. If people are afraid to talk to you, then it's really hard for you to be a leader that listens. And in my opinion, that makes it really hard or impossible for you to be a great leader. And let's talk about the principle of listening for a second. Um, when I say a great leader listens, I don't mean a great leader hears every word that is being said and um, is just patient enough to listen and let you finish before they start to talk if the whole time they're just formulating what they're going to say in response. So I don't mean a great leader just is patient enough to let you finish your sentence because actually I know leaders that maybe don't let you finish the sentence, but still are very, very much listening. And so when I say listening, you're actually listening to what's being said. You're not listening to the words, but you're really listening with everything. You're listening with your ears. You're listening with your eyes. You're listening with your perception to tone, to body language. It's, it's a proven fact that most of our communication as humans is actually nonverbal. And if you've ever been in a romantic relationship, this is actually even clearer and like, for instance, my wife and I have been married for a long time and most of the communication we do sometimes is not, has nothing to do with what is being said. We're just very attentive. We know one another's body language. We know um, our tendencies and how we would be feeling. So un even understanding the personality tendencies of the person that you have to be listening to comes into play here. And if you're going to be a great leader who listens, that means you have to do actually a little bit of work. So how could I possibly do a good job at any of that if I'm not listening to not just the words, but the body language, paying attention to understand a person's tendencies? Well, the answer is that I can't. And I'm going to show you a clip right now from uh, Saving Private Ryan uh, that really highlights this a lot. And what it does is, I think, highlight a few things that not only listening to what is actually being said, 
not just the words that are coming out and using it as an opportunity to encourage, to educate, to help everyone in the unit grow. And it really does take a suppressing of the ego because in the scene, Tom Hanks obviously has the authority to shut everything down. And the scene is, is labeled gripe. One of the guys is griping, complaining in front of everybody else about the mission they have to be on. And then Tom Hanks listens. He listens to another guy from the unit. And then he teaches them a lesson. And I love how at the very end, the last comment from one of the other soldiers listening. So I'm going to show you this clip right now from the movie Saving Private Ryan. You want to explain the math of this to me? I mean, where's the sense of risking the lives of the eight of us to save one guy? 20 degrees. Anybody want to answer that? Driver, think about the poor bastard's mother. Hey, Doc, I got a mother, all right? I mean, you got a mother. Sarge has got a mother. I mean, shit, I bet even the captain's got a mother. Well, maybe not the captain, but the rest of us got mothers. There's not a reason why there's but to do and die. What the fuck is that supposed to mean, Corporal, huh? We're all supposed to die, is that it? Nothing's talking about our duty as soldiers. Yes, sir. We all have orders and we have to follow them. That supersedes everything, including your mothers. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Even if you think the mission's FUBAR, sir? Especially if you think the mission's FUBAR. What's FUBAR? Oh, it's German. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never heard of that. Sir? I have an opinion on this matter. Well, by all means, share it with the squad. Open my way, thank you, sir. This entire mission is a serious misallocation of valuable military resources. Yeah, go on. Well, it seems to me, sir, that God gave me a special gift, made me a fine instrument of warfare. Riven, pay attention now. This is the way to gripe. Continue, Jackson. Well, what I mean by that, sir, is you used to put me in this here sniper rifle anywhere up to and including one mile of Adolf Hitler with a clear line of sight, sir. Pack your bags, fellas, war's over. Amen. Oh, that's brilliant, Bumpkin. Hey, so, Captain, what about you? I mean, you don't gripe at all? I don't gripe to you, Riven. I'm a captain. There's a chain of command. Gripes go up, not down, always up. You gripe to me, I gripe to my superior officer, so on, so on, so on. I don't gripe to you. I don't gripe in front of you. You should know that as a ranger. I'm sorry, sir, but, uh, Let's say you weren't a captain, or maybe I was a major. What would you say then? Well, in that case, I say this is an excellent mission, sir, with an extremely valuable objective, sir. Worthy of my best efforts, sir. Moreover, I feel heartfelt sorrow for the mother of Private James Ryan. I'm willing to lay down my life and the lives of my men, especially you, Ryden, to ease her suffering. He's good. I love him. How about that last line? I love him. Why? He made them feel safe. He made them feel heard and understood. He highlighted the importance of why they're doing what they're doing by using the momentum of what was actually being said, not demeaning anybody, not yelling. He didn't have to flex his ego and show his authority in the moment. Back to a great leader listens. So number one, a great leader defines and aligns. Number two, a great leader listens. And once you listen and you have perception, well, then you can really, you're in a great position to do number three. A great leader serves. 
in the 1970s, this amazing groundbreaking theory came out. Oh, was the guy's name was Robert Greenleaf released like the first modern business book on this crazy concept. Crazy. It's called servant leadership. And every time, and I'm sure it was, I didn't read the book disclaimer. I'm sure it was a great book. And I love the fact that that began to, to become a common thread in modern leadership. But I laugh because the concept of servant leadership is a little older than 1970. I think just basically, if you go back, like, how about, you know, uh, 30 BC, I think it's arguable that Jesus in the Bible was the leader and he led by serving. And he said it very clearly, if you want to be great, then you have to be the least. So the concept is actually really old. It's ancient. And we have continued that narrative, even in our modern American democracy. So let's go back to the founding of our country. The thought, the revolutionary thought that a government should serve the people and that the leaders in the government, the elected officials are there to serve the constituents, not the other way around. Servant leadership is a bedrock, bedrock principle of our democracy. Our economy is built on top of that government. So servant leadership just makes sense. So coming all the way, all the way forward to this episode of the Clarity Compressed podcast in 2020, servant leadership, a great leader serves. The way I have watered this or distilled this down from like a guidepost on my own is I always say as the CEO, it is my job and my commitment to make decisions that create the most amount of opportunity for the most amount of people. That's my commitment. And when people begin to believe that that is the truth, well, then you begin to earn trust. You know, this mentality, servant leadership, making decisions that benefit the group, it guards against selfishness. It guards against ego. It guards against totalitarian rule of a company, a dictatorship. Now, some companies run like that, but I would argue they don't run really well and they don't run really far. They eventually fall apart because loyalty isn't there. Now, this idea of serving is different for everyone because what people want are everyone. Everyone's got a different personality profile. It comes more naturally to other people, other personality types. Sometimes even if, if two people still have the same desire to serve, it's expressed in different ways. And you know, for some people, it's important to not confuse serving others with neglecting yourself. Because I would also say that of all the leaders I know, it's very common to see leaders neglect themselves and neglect their own interests because they're so focused on other people that they never take care of themselves. And I would argue that that eventually is the a poor way to serve people because you get depleted, you get discouraged, and now you can't serve anymore. So really taking care of yourself is an important part of leading well and serving people well. Although from the outward, you might feel guilty about taking some time off or guilty about doing something for yourself. All right, number one, a great leader defines and aligns, a great leader listens, a great leader serves. And finally, I wanna get into the fourth one. I don't know if you remember it from the beginning of the podcast, but a great leader is a source of courage, a source of courage, a wellspring of courage that other people can draw from. I mean, I found the job of a, of a leader to be a pretty uncertain endeavor, not solid, very variable, 
very shifting. Things change, people change, economies change. It's made up of largely unpredictable elements, the human element primarily. What are people going to do? If you can predict that, well, then you can be an amazing leader. When you're the leader, typically the problems that make their way to you are the ones that no one else can solve, which is why they've found their way to your desk. They're not the easy problems. All those got solved already. They're the difficult problems. And if you happen to be the CEO or the executive director or the top level leader, you're the last line. You get the problems no one else can solve and there's no one to look to and say, so what do you think we should do? That person doesn't exist. That person is you. The last person in line just asked you that question. They just said, so boss, what do you think we should do? And, you know, most of the leaders I know spend a lot of time in deep concern and dare I say it, even deep worry over what should be done next. Most leaders have to wrestle over what the next thing to do is. They feel the burden. They feel the weight, the heavy weight of the people on their teams and the livelihoods and the families. They feel the weight of the communities that rely on businesses to give. I mean, I've watched business owners, I've watched dealers get really frustrated when profits sunk, not because all of a sudden they're losing money, but because now they did not have the resources to continue to give to the community. And the only way you can have courage is if we've talked about this recently, the only way you can have courage is if you're first afraid. So in order for a great leader to be a source of courage, well, logic says then a great leader has to really deal effectively with a lot of fear. Because there's a funny thing about fear is that the higher up the chain goes, fear kind of has a multiplying effect if I see fear being reflected or projected from someone that's in charge. No one wants to hear that from the person that there's in charge that we're afraid. No one wants to see fear from the person that's supposed to have the authority. Nobody. Because why? It's a force multiplier. So when you're a leader, you have to be ready and willing to flip that fear into courage. And you have to be the source of courage for your team. It doesn't mean you're not afraid. I want to go to another clip from Saving Private Ryan right now. Tom Hanks, Captain Miller, just took a quiet moment, went behind a pile of rocks, and he's looking at a map to see what they should do next. But they just had a very traumatic situation happen. Guys died. It was really rough just after the invasion of Normandy. On top of that, it's finally catching up. And looks at the map and his hand starts shaking. And then it, it shakes more and shakes more. And then eventually he, he's wiping the tears from his eyes and, and he puts the map away in his pocket. And then he just really breaks down in like a deep, deep cry. And then he wipes his face. He hears people coming, wipes his tears. He stands up and he says, let's go, man. It's courage because of the fear. So that breaks it down as much as I can in the short time that we have together today. In the hopes that you will walk away with this with a little steel in your spine as a leader, a little ammo to draw from as you go through your day, whether you're at the front of the pack, whether you just started as a company, that doesn't mean you can't be a growing 
thriving leader. A leader isn't somebody with a title. A leader is a person that the people follow. A great leader defines and aligns. A great leader listens. A great leader serves. And a great leader is the source of courage for a group of people. So may you go forward being a better leader, caring, serving, listening courageously into your week. Thank you for spending a little time with me today here on episode 105 of the Clarity Compressed Podcast. As always, I hope you connect with me on social media, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. If you haven't already, go to claritycompressed.com and sign up for the weekly email um, so you can have a little bit of this in your inbox once a week. We don't put send out a lot of stuff to try to make it efficient for you. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope to see you here next week. Go lead. Yeah.